Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. So today on Habits and Hustle, we have a really special guest. I mean, super, super special. It is Mickey Guyton, and this is this is very meaningful to me. I've known Mickey, uh, my gosh, over 20 years. I knew her when she first moved to L.A., and before she became a really huge country star. And, you know, she's been grinding and working in the music industry for many, many, many years. And her story is uh, nothing if not inspiring. And she is exceptionally resilient. Uh, We're gonna talk all about her rise to fame. Uh, For those of you who don't know who Mickey is, she is um, a country star. Her song, Remember Her Name, made history as the first Black artist to earn a Grammy nomination for Best Country Album. She just performed at the Super Bowl doing the national anthem. She has multiple fantastic projects in the works. She co-hosted or guest starred The Ellen Show Um, Like I said, she's nominated for Best Country Album, Best Country Song, Best Country Solo Performance, and that's just the tip of the iceberg for this girl. This girl is exceptionally talented, but more importantly, she is a beautiful soul uh, inside and out, and uh, I cannot tell you how happy I am for her success. It couldn't happen to a more amazing person. And uh, like I said, you're going to really love her story, her rise to fame, so to speak, and how she kept on falling and failing, but her resilience obviously paid off. Please enjoy this podcast episode. This is a very exciting (laughs) podcast today. It's so exciting because I've known this girl since she was wee high, if you're watching or like, you know, very, very small. Uh, And now she's a global sensation. Well, you know, you are actually. And, you know, it's, it's, well, I call her Michael, but it's Mickey Guyton. Hello. Who um, is up for three Grammys. I can't even believe it. It's wild. Three Grammys. It's wild. Performing at the Super Bowl in like two weeks, uh, doing the national anthem. And I mean, just your whole career and the trajectory of how, like, since I've known you, the, how it's happened. It's so crazy to me. It's crazy. It's, and you, you haven't changed. Like even like. You um, haven't changed. No, you, okay, we go back, we go back and forth all the time, but you literally have not changed. Like yeah. you look the same. You, you act do the same. too. Oh you just God, have girl. blonde hair. Well, this is, this was more of an accident, the blonde hair than it was really. I wanted to go a little lighter, but the way. I love it. It looks really good on you. Really? I think yeah. it's a little too blonde. We had curly hair. That's what I need. Oh, that's right. Yes. I still do. This is again, this is just like one of those like yeah. st- styles that are just like here for, and also. What kind of hair did you have back then? I probably had micro braids, maybe. No, you didn't have my weaves. Have, I definitely had a weave. You probably had a weave. Now I'm doing lace front wigs. That's this, the new thing. This is a nice. This is really nice. Isn't this so cute? It's beautiful. This is Rihanna. You look really. That's the Rihanna. yeah. I call her Rihanna. And it's really, it's beautiful. Thank you. And like the the headband, it's like you're so You know, glamorous. I tried. I tried for you. I know. You showed up like so nice. And I'm wearing like my gym clothes underneath here, I which is so embarrassing. I almost wore my gym clothes, but I was like, 
I gotta step it up. You elevate. You stepped it up for me. It's the elevation. Oh my gosh, I'm flattered. <laughs> I'm flattered. Where do we start? So I didn't like because it's you. So everyone here, whoever's listening. So I've known Michael, otherwise AKA Mickey, for many, many, many years. Since I was we, 19. Since you were 20 years. Almost. 20. Wow. Years. I trained her when she was on MCA Universal. Uh, you, it was MCA yeah. Universal mm-hmm. and Clyde through Clyde Lieberman. Yes, you were one of my. Um, you were one of my subjects at that yes. hand, but you were we were we became. I had a six pack because of you. I mean, you did. Yeah. Oh God, girl. Well, you were so also nineteen years. old. I was old. like tiny. You were tiny. <laughs> you still are, by the way. You still are tiny. But our we 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 had like an instant connection. And we were like sisters from the second we met. Yes. And, you know, even though like many years have gone by, I feel like our, like the connection never wavered. It never, never changed. Never. And here we are. So I'm watching the, t- let's give you some background. So her and I stayed in touch for many, many years, for many years. And then we kind of like drifted apart because of life. For like the last 10 years when I was in Nashville, that's kind of when. Yeah. When you were in yeah. Nashville. Uh-huh. And. Um, then I'm like watching, you know, the Today Show, eating my breakfast, and who pops up on my screen? <laughs> little, little Michael singing a song, and then I mean, next thing you know, I didn't, and then I'm like, oh my god, and I'm like googling, and I'm like, oh yeah, up for like all these country music awards and all these things, and like, the, like ha- what's happened with your career? And this is, by the way, a great example of, you know, um, an overnight success takes 20 years in the making, yep. right? Like yep. nothing is ever nothing. what you think it is, no. right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you just appeared on, you know, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't on like billboard, all of a sudden, yeah. Right? So first of all, let's even go through it. So like, can you, I really want to talk to you because you really kind of like were in, you were like, you like did the work, you were yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. You were, when, when I met her, she was like, when she was signed, she was she was like touted to be you were touted to be like the next Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. This girl has pipes on her that I don't even think people even like know no. to this degree. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, this girl can sing. And, you know, you went through so many labels and like it was like it's like it's like a grind. It's a grind. It's a grind. People don't understand that once you get a record deal, <clears throat> excuse me, you automatically assume that you've made it. And that is not the case. Like the the signing a record deal is like the wedding. That's a great way to put it. That's like the wedding. Like you spend all this time. It's this beautiful moment. And then the actual marriage happens where you have to do the work. And either you sink or you swim. And I sunk for a long time. Well, also you should say, we should talk about it. It's not that necessarily you sunk. It's how the business, the business of music is. Yes. People think, like you said, when you get the label, when you get the deal, that it's going to be like r- rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. And on both ends, it can be, well, talk about, I want you yeah, to talk well, about Yeah, well, every single time I've been signed or gotten opportunities in music, a lot of times the label was folding. And people don't realize that, like back in the early 2000s the music industry was going through a huge mm-hmm. massive transition like it was crumbling everywhere you used to be able to walk into record labels and there'd be like 10 a r people and loud and music playing everywhere it was like such a a vibrant experience and now you can hear a pin drop walking through record labels it's like few people doing 
doing many jobs and and that was happening every record label folded all the the presidents of all the labels were getting fired and 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 labels were literally going away and so that was something that i had to deal with when i had first moved to nashville i mean LA. LA. So you're from you're so you're I'm from, from Texas. Right. I'm born and raised. I grew up in Waco, Texas and like the Dallas Fort Worth area. And then I moved to LA to do music. That's where I saw the most opportunity for me was there. Well, wait, talk about how you even got to LA because you were already cuz you when you moved here when how old were you when you actually moved to LA? 19. You you moved when you were nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. So, but you were you were doing music back. Yeah, in Texas. I was doing music and recording demos and writing music with a man named Robbie Neville, who had a big hit back in the day called "Say La Vie," and that's who really started helping me kind of get into the music industry. And I think the issues that I had living in when I first moved to LA is I was just the girl that could sing and I was kind of just following what everybody was telling me to do. And I wasn't really being an artist. I was just being a singer. So many people can sing. There's people that can sing 10 times better than me. And there's people that can sing okay that have massive careers because they have a vision of what they want to do as an artist. I didn't have that. I just had a good voice and I didn't know where to place it. So I placed it wherever people assumed that I should be in. I, that's such a good point. You know, yeah. you've never actually said it like that. And I think yeah. that's so true. Like you, there's a distinction between being an artist and yes. being a good singer. 100%. And you were a good, you had a great voice and but like I wasn't you were being, being led to do yeah. this and do that, but you didn't, with the, what would you say an artist is? Would be the definition of a, someone who's like a true artist? I think a true artist, it's not, it's, whether they are writing the song or not, are able to interpret a song. Um, they have a very distinctive voice and they have a vision of who they are as an artist, like a Madonna, like a Britney Spears, like, um, I'm trying to think, like a Tony Braxton, like a Shania Twain. They all had a specific art, like that they were, they were very much so involved in the creative process. And then there's people that are just singers that sing the demos of the songs. And I was almost acting like a demo singer than an actual artist. So when was the transition? Like, when did you kind of come? That's a great epiphany. When yeah. did you think of it? Was that like yeah. much, much later? Did it was you realize? much, much later. It was losing deals. It was, it was working at restaurants. It was couch surfing. It was literally having $4 and 98 cents in my bank account right. oh my <laughs> in gosh. life, which has happened to me signing a deal and 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 realizing that country music is where I felt led to be. And as I was living in Nashville, there was a man named Daryl Brown who works with Leanne Rhymes, who I was writing with. And he told me this, this, uh, this was the best advice some anybody has ever given me. And he says that when you sign a record deal, you need to tell your label how to label, your managers how to manage, your co-writer, songwriters, how to co-write, um, your business manager, how to business manage, your tour manager, how to tour manage, your creative director, how to creative direct. And I was just like, it, it didn't really, I didn't process it until later. And I was thinking, oh, I need to be the CEO of my business. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like as an artist? What does that look like? So I started treating 
my music, not just as I just love music, but as a business. So I started going on Pinterest and and looking at different images of, of people. It didn't matter who they were. And I'm like, well, I see myself as that. And what do I want this music to sound like? And I realized my voice sounds best with piano. So let me put piano driven songs in my, as I'm writing, um, I found a female Canadian producer in Nashville that um, Canadian, of course, <laughs> you know, out and about, <laughs> out and about. And we I love the just, I yeah. love Canadians. Really Canadians will tell you that I love Canadians because we're nice. Y'all Nothing not nice. to like. Y'all right? are very, very nice. We are. And so, um, I just started having my hand in every part of my career and that to me is an artist it's not just being up there and can singing mm-hmm. well it's you being a businesswoman of your brand that is that is first of all so well said and uh, i i could not even agree with you more and yeah. most people don't take that ownership and that lead mm-hmm. and they hand it over to other people and that's when their career really does go astray yep right it's like you're ha- you're you're basically treating it like any other business like yeah like you're working for them right like but you're like you're reversing it and that because people are usually so grateful that they they get that deal yep that they'll just acquiesce and just take what's given to them that's what i did right versus like actually like flipping it on its head but do you think you were able to do that because of your experience you had you were kind of like you've been down and out so much and it was like the power of resilience. Yeah. Like you were so, re- you are obviously yeah. so resilient that you're able to get right back up. Yeah. Cause like, I remember just on my, just with you, you had like at the beginning, like three or four deals. You were at M- MCA, then you were at B- with Babyface. Yeah. And then you were with another, what was the other one? Universal. Universal. It was actually Universal Motown. Motown. And then yeah. there was like a bunch of other ones. Like, were you- and then I signed to Capital. Nashville, which then, as I signed a capital, that label was sold to Universal. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's, I can't, like, even when I moved to Nashville, I still couldn't escape that. And for like two years, the, the record label didn't even have a president. Really? Mm-hmm. So how was it? Re- was, who I was, was just, they, for any new artist, you're screwed. So then how does that work? And then why would you get like, how did it get drawn? What happened with Babyface actually? Because I remember that when, that MCA thing you. I kind of, it's a, a really foggy. Because I don't, re- I don't remember either. It, it was just like, if you work with an artist that's as massive as Babyface, they're going to still focus on where their bread and butter is. No right. matter how much they love you as an artist, they've got to go where their bread and butter is. So you're definitely on the back burner. Are there labels out there that are or that are known to be like the ones that actually help build a career? Because I think what, to, to kind of go on what you said earlier, which I think was really smart about the CEO of your business, mm-hmm. a lot of times people try, like either they're not, they don't think that way because they are so grateful that they were given the opportunity. Yeah. But isn't there a lot of pushback? Because I would imagine it depends on who your partners are. I think it depends on who your partners are. It depends on your relationship with the label. I was really fortunate to be signed to Capital, which is a very good record label. And the president of that record label, Cindy Mabe, a woman in Nashville, 
she and I have is a that great before, relationship. Was it after? I mean, this they, is way after. This okay, is so me. They, now they have a fast studio. forward. I mean, yeah, have a, yeah, fast forward to Nashville Capitol Records merging into Universal, okay. and all of that fixing itself out, and then Cindy Mabe is the president. Okay, and I have a great relationship with her, and and I've kind of followed in her footsteps and have really embraced. First of all, it's so badass that there's a woman in Nashville who's the head of a record label. Yeah. And that's a very, just rare. That's a very, very boys rare. Very, yes, a very good old boys system. There's a woman in there that is fighting the fight for women. And she has been so supportive of her artists. Universal Nashville. I can't speak for every other label, but from my personal experience, Universal is the best record label in Nashville. They do not give up on their artists. They give their artists a chance to find themselves and they don't just throw you away, which so many record labels do. You're like a noodle. They throw it on the wall and if it sticks, great, they go with it. If not, they cut off, you know, the fat. Yeah, so tell me, how does it work? So like, give us like an idea. So then you get signed, like you were saying, it's the wedding. Yes. And then what's then it's the- it's crea- the creative process. And so, so often- what's the process? So often- more often than not, you get signed to a record label and then they love you and then they try to change everything that they loved about you to fit into whatever the times are, the whatever the fad is, whatever the the it thing is of the moment, they try to fit you in that. And which is so, it does such a disservice to people as artists because then you have to like scrap everything that you did to fit this, this well, also mold. doesn't make sense because they signed you for a particular yeah. reason because mm-hmm. you because you obviously stood out in a way. Yes, and then they try to change you to mm-hmm. what they think, but it doesn't. If there's a disconnect there, there's right? a huge disconnect. So, like, wh- why is that? That because that still happens. Like, it all, happens. It's like all like, it happens on these shows. Different like, story, same story, different cast. Right. It's like it happens a bit like, but Constantly. don't you think that people would have like the people like the executives would have figured that out by now? You would think, but you know, money talks more than anything else. Money talks. And no matter what, that's where people are going to go, wherever the money is, they're going to go. So, but, but when they do that and there's clearly like, and then people are like, you there are more singers yeah. that are doing that. Right. Cause yeah. art, if you if you kind of claim your power, I guess, and become mm-hmm. an artist, you won't allow that memory necessarily. But where, where are the choices there? Like, let's say for mm-hmm. example, there aren't choices. I'm just personally was very, very lucky to have a label that allowed me to figure it out. But what if you, like, I was going to say, like, let's say back, like cut to like back when, like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. And you kind of acknowledge that and realize that and try to do that. Yeah. It would have, would it have, what would have happened? Would you have been dropped because you oh, were too for sure. bitchy depending, or demanding? Oh, depending on who the president of the label is at the time, 100%. They, you are there to sing and do what they tell you to do. Right. 100%. And if, and so you just. Or, or that's what I think. I don't want to say that 100% because I don't know. But I believe that that was more of your fate. Right. Until you're. Because I've, I've seen and heard artists that have put their foot down down and, and said, this is what we're going to do. And the label's like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. You can do that yourself. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't always work, right? Because some it people can have like kooky work. ideas. 100%. And, and they mm-hmm. don't know what they're like. Yeah. Sometimes it's a good idea. So I'm like kind of on, now that you mentioned that, like it, dep- I feel like, and maybe you can correct me, but 
also you have to kind of earn that space a little mm-hmm. bit. Like I think that if you show it becomes like such a double-edged sword, right? Because if you throw the noodle on yeah. and it doesn't stick because you're doing what they want you to do, yeah. But what if you, um, a lot of times you you need to have like a, some kind of success to then be able to have the yes. ability to call your shots, right? Yes. It's like a double, so. Like, I that is what happened with me. So what happened with you when they say signed you to when Capital they signed me? I did everything. The woman they, wasn't there yet. Jet, what's her name again? Cheryl, Cindy, Cindy. Cindy okay. No, she was not. No, she was. She was there. Excuse me. She Cindy Mae was, but she wasn't the president of. the Oh, label. she wasn't. Okay. No, what was she doing at the vice time? president? Okay, okay. So when I signed there, um, you know, I did everything that they told me to do. I sang the songs that they told me to sing. I wrote this, tried to write the songs they wanted me to write. I used the producers that they thought should produce me. I did everything that they told me to do. And it did not work. And it didn't work um, for a long time until finally I started I had been, well, to be honest, I had two different sides of me. I was writing the side that I was hoping would fit into the country music world. And then I was writing the stuff that just fit me as an artist that I loved, the stuff that felt cathartic for me to to write and to sing. And the stuff that was me never really saw the light of day for a long time until I met with Cindy, Mabe, personally by ourselves. And I started just playing her these songs. I was like, I have this. Nobody's really responding to it. And she was like, well, this is really good. And I was like, I thought so too. But I just didn't, I, I didn't know what, I. it was a bunch of men telling me what I should do. And not every man knows what a woman wants to hear. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's true. And I had nothing but men telling me what women want to hear. And I'm like, well, I'm a woman. I know what a woman wants to hear, at least what I want to hear. That is not what I want to hear. The stuff that they wanted me to say. And so um, I started just following my instinct, my internal gut instinct that was screaming at me for a long time. And that's the other thing that people have to understand, like, First of all, you have to have the talent. You have to have the songs and the vision. But you also have a gut instinct. We all have it. We all know what's right for ourselves. And even when we go against our better judgment, it all most of, nine times out of 10, it screws us over. Right. And I was, this voice was screaming at me to do this. And I just kept pushing it aside and pushing it aside. You don't know. Right. You don't know what you're talking about. These people know. Right. You don't trust yourself because you feel the people with more quote unquote experience yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know. And they didn't know. And you have to understand that too. A lot of times these people in these high powered positions have no freaking idea what they're talking about. They oh, yeah, have no idea what they're doing, like how they're even in these positions. It's a miracle. Like I, I, it's a I a miracle that we have been able to sustain this country it's with amazing. so many people that have no clue. vision or clue or innovativeness that are in these major positions. It's really amazing. And when you get more into the weeds, you see it, you see, you, it's so clear and you see it more and more mm-hmm. and it's baffling. Yep. It's totally baffling. Yeah. But also you started so young and like a lot of times when people start so young, it you don't have the strength they don't, they, or the yeah. knowledge to to be that way. Some people do. And also the foresight and the yeah. ability to stay like like 
you seem like you kind of, well, not even seem, you are, you're so level-headed and like, and, and, um, you're so down to earth with it. Like a lot of times people, it ruins you. Like, cause you are not like, let's go even back further when in Texas, because even to get to LA at 19, to get this big record deal and to even, uh, do all that stuff. There was something obviously that people saw about you when you were younger. So yeah. what were you doing when you were like 14, 15, 16? Yeah. Because you were in this, you have been doing this since you yeah. were like a small, small, small yeah. kid. I was just singing in church in around my school, singing the national anthem for my the basketball games at Mansfield High School in Texas. Like that's all I was doing. And then Robbie um, Neville found yeah, you at a, at a church? Yeah, so no, so I found this vocal studio, which I don't want to name the name because this woman was just horrendous. Is it still around? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. She was a really wealthy woman in Texas that had a vocal studio and was, and I guess she'd worked with like Jessica Simpson or something like that. And that was her selling point. So all these kids were going there because this was our big shot. And this one was taking it to the bank. Wow. Right. She just like leveraging off of yeah, that one name. 100%. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like she like she should be with in no LA. intentions. But <laughs> I, I guess I'll give this woman credit because she did throw the seminar, which is where I met Robbie Neville. Somehow she got Robbie to do. Why the was seminar. Robbie Neville even there? I have no idea. She had. I don't know how she got him there, but she did. And Robbie Neville, by the way, tell people wasn't he the guy behind uh, High School Musical? Yes, Robbie Neville was yeah. behind High School Musical, but he also had a big hit in the eighties called "Say La Vie." Say La Vie, Say La Vie. I totally yeah. remember it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he was the one that kind of really took me under his wing, and 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 it just went from there. But wait, he's like five No, no, no. So he, this is like the the. the nuggets that I'm yeah I was like 17 maybe so you were singing at this thing you meet so you were at like you meet him at through this woman at this thing and then what happens he said then he's like he pulled me aside like holy shit oh my god come to LA and so I went to LA and I was doing demos with him just to kind of like try to find a, a space for, for me and between, my voice. Between 17 and 19, though, what were you yeah, doing? Yes, that I was working with him and recording. Oh, you didn't move here until 19. No, 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 not until I was 19. So you I was still in high school. I know, but like you yeah. were doing two years of just back, like you were doing it from Texas. If, yeah, demos? he would come to Texas, yeah. And, and we were putting together music and writing songs, yeah. And then what was the, why did you come at 19? Like what happened? I graduated. So the second I, you graduated. Once I graduated from high school, that's when I moved. And then, so did you, did you have the record deal already or no? Yes, I did. I got my record deal right, right when I was, um, I was still in high school and they were negotiating the, the deal. Mm-hmm. And then what I still, to this day, I don't even know, like, cause you were like going to be this big, hot thing. Why did you even get dropped? That's at- the, when I, cause that's when the merger happened. Oh, and that's when, because mm-hmm. a new, yeah. a, the, a, the new head came in. So yes. whenever a new president, a new head of a label comes in, they bring their own people, <laughs> they bring their own, own talent, yep. they want their own talent. And so yeah. that's, so that's they when start you just to shaving start. off the roster. And that's when you had to go find someone else. Yes. Right. So this went on for how many years? This whole back and forth for you. Um, once I moved, I moved to LA when I was 19. 19. Yeah. And then but yeah. between LA and then to Nashville, how long, like that was how many years? So from LA to Nashville, I was in LA from 19 to 26. 
So, so you moved to Nashville when you were 26 years old? When I was 27. 27 years mm -hmm. old. And then, okay, so then when you were like waiting tables and all this stuff, then you moved to Nashville. Yeah. And, and, and during that time, you know, like no deal, going to school, figuring out, like I, at one point in time, I had given up music altogether. And you went back to school. You went to Santa Monica. I went Monica. to school. Yeah. I went to Santa Monica City College and LA Valley College because I could get my, both of my credits from both of those. So I like there were some days where I was at Santa Monica City College and then some days I was all the way out in the valley and I lived in Playa Vista. That's right. And then what were you taking at school? Um, I was doing, I was studying business administration. Cause you were like, screw this. I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. Mm -hmm. Then so and I was like, well, at least if I have a business degree, then I can figure it out from there. So what made you go back into the business? So were you singing had, at all? No, I wasn't singing at all. I was, I was perfectly fine giving it up. Like I was okay with that. Like I just didn't have any opportunities. I didn't know. Like I was just done. Like it, it's just so traumatic. It's not traumatic. That's not the the word, but to see your dreams slip out of your hands like that, it's it is very disheart disheartening. And it's like, this industry is so fickle and so materialistic. And, and so like, even when you're struggling as an artist, you know, you get a signing bonus. I don't even know how much they are now. Maybe $50,000 is what you get for signing. That's nothing. Really? It's nothing. And that's it. What were the back? What, what were they back then? They were, I, it was like a hundred, but still, Right, so it's 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 definitely decreased because you're right. The music business that was like the beginning when it was the people were going on iTunes and Napster. Yeah, and they, it was like a they, whole they're like iTunes shifted. wasn't even no, a, a it was yet. just LimeWire and Napster. Yeah, LimeWire and, and Napster. So, so you nobody is was making money. Still aren't really, and um, so yeah, like you get that money, and, and that's supposed to last you until you sell records. I know it's a crazy business. We're going to get into all that because so, I think it's super interesting too. You it's know, like, so how do you you do that but still portray that you're somebody, but you need a job? To 100%. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like so, you need to make money. You have to make money. So I, you know, once I um, got out to Nashville, even well, what, signing what, a record But deal. still haven't got to that. So like what okay. made you decide? So you're here okay. you are, you work at the restaurant and yeah. you're also doing this uh school. I became I, yeah and so I became friends I I I auditioned for American Idol oh my god I love this it's, it's, I, I totally forgot this. about it that was, it was the worst experience I've ever had I don't even know if I'm supposed to speak on it but I had a horrible experience it, it just wasn't fun you, you're you're in this room full of people that are exploiting themselves for television and I'm an artist. <laughs> I'm a singer. But That's we, my first love. At, at that, I was going to say, at that point when you did American Idol, were you an artist or were you a singer? I was an artist. You already were like developing into well, that. Well, it wasn't even that. Like I didn't have that exact mentality, but that's where I felt you I felt, was. Right. And so I couldn't, I just shut down in that environment. Well, what happened? What was the process like? What was it? What is the process? Well, you know, they're looking for stories. They have a cast that they are looking to fill. And it felt like that to me. And I just, I, I couldn't give them that. I'm very, I'll give you everything that I have. But at the same time, I don't want to give you everything that I have. Like, right. I can't give you that much of a window into my world 
And that's what they're expecting. Right. And that's what, and it's not a bad thing at all. Like they're it's telling it it's good, you know, it's good TV. So I don't blame them. But for me personally, I, I couldn't, I didn't do well on that. Did you, like, what would make, what even. My ex-boyfriend had me audition. That's the only reason why I did it. And so you're like, oh, he said, come on. Just audition, yeah. And blah, so blah, I blah. didn't even think I was going to make it. And then I got on the show and, and I was, I it regretted it. I regretted it. Like I wasn't happy. Like you're stressed out. You're nervous. It's all of this kind of stuff. It was awful. I hated it. How long did, how, what number did you get? To? I got to top 50. See, that to me is so crazy to me. How did you even get to, like, you, how many people who are auditioning, by the way, are, are in your shoes, who are people who are on labels before, who are like- so many. The, I would say, I would say probably 50% of them. And it's, it's, it's more morally like- it's, I can imagine. Like for me, I was like, this is what I've come to. Exactly. And I don't want to disrespect- but it's, it's the show because I sang on that show um, with one of the contestants, but it was even harder for me looking at it because it's for good TV and those hopefuls, those American Idol hopefuls that want to win. I knew as soon as that show is off and show is over, they're on to the next. Totally. And those hopeful, those human beings that were so happy, like it goes away. Well then like, but people like, I think you get, you've, the show's had what? Like they had Kelly Clarkson. Carrie uh, Underwood. Kelly, Carrie Underwood. Who else? That's it? Like Ruben Stuttered. He had a, but the ones that have lasted. Clayton, Clay? Yeah, but he's in politics now, but the the only ones that have, that I can remember is Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson. I don't remember anybody else. Yeah, that's it. But that's really kind of what the music industry is. And by the way, because only the top one percent of the one percent make it. So think of all those people that have auditioned. Not to mention, you think like you know what I think is interesting. At least American Idol had a couple of massive stars that came from yeah. it. I cannot think of one person off of The Voice no. or any of these other shows that people are doing it for the exposure. That's why they're at the end of the day doing yeah. America's Got Talent. Yeah. They're doing it because they want the exposure. Yeah. But what happens when you get the exposure? But, what happens after but that, that? But that's what I'm saying. Why has there never been anybody else who's hit it off of those shows? Like, especially The Voice, because that show has such high numbers, I and feel. And they're such great vocalists. And they're, these people, these are people who are great, great singers, great vocalists, but maybe it's because- It's so hard point, to be an artist. Like- Because they, they don't have- has there been a person out of uh, the on the voice that ever hit it? I don't think there's ever been. I know Cassidy Pope, but I don't yeah. know who that is. Yeah. So then what happens? So basically, does that say that just because you have exposure, because week after week, people are watching you do that show. At the and they end. fall in love with, they, they love the show, but will they, con like falling invested and the artists, like allowing them and giving them the chance to become artists. That's, I, I don't know. I can't speak on, I don't know what happens after that. I've never. Well, even the people who win, mm. I never hear. I never, yeah. You don't hear from if that's them. That's it. It's like, woo. I know. On to the next. the <laughs> champagne and the balloons. And then it's. Bloop, bloop. Isn't that strange? Because think mm -hmm. about how much exposure they're getting. That's kind of how it week. feels after you have a record deal. Woo, pop the champagne. And then you're like, boop. 
Yeah. So like then then what? So then yeah, like it's unbelievable because and not everybody's given the chance. I was really fortunate to to have a label invested in me and giving me the chance. So like what happens? So, yeah, tell us what happens. So you get hot side. Okay. So then I get signed. But I wait, hold on. I want to go in order. We've got so many questions for you. I want to first know about how you got back into the business. Yes. And then we can talk about the actual, the, the, the nitty gritty of like what happens after you get signed. Yes. Okay. So I, um, I became, after I auditioned for American Idol, I ran into, and once I got, I auditioned, made it to the top 50, got let go. The same week that I got let go, I went to a bar in Santa Monica and ran into Randy Jackson. <laughs> so crazy. I know. And so he remembered me and we exchanged numbers and we became friends. And then he introduced me to this woman named Jessica Bendinger who wrote Bring It On and Stick It. His office was in the same office where she was. And she and I became really great friends and she became a mentor for me and just a good person that I wouldn't be where I am without her. And um, how crazy that Randy Jackson was at the bar a week later. Were, and we, I was super defeated uh, from that. Like I was super embarrassed from that. It's so, it's so you know, it's so crazy that episode, that season I was on the opening commercial for the Super Bowl <laughs> that year <laughs> was me singing on American Idol. No way. I swear. Talk about like a full circle. It's a very full circle moment. And I was the one singing. <sighs> yeah. And I had to watch that with that heartbreak. Like, why would they even have used that? If you knew I'm not even. That is so interesting to me that that happened. And now like literally like 10 years, 11, 12 years later, I'm you're going to be singing at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Wild. It is. It's like kind of. I think this is your destiny. Mm -hmm. So that I mean, the fact that Randall Randy Jackson is sitting at a bar a I week know. later and he remembered you. So how did you? Did you go up to him or what? Yeah, did you, I okay. went up and was like, "Hey, I don't know if you remember me." And he was like, "Oh my god!" You know how he talks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's such a nice man, by the way. I heard he's very nice. Actually. He's very, 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 very nice. And so that's when I started working with Jessica and she was the one, she was like. But why did he even like, what did he, like, he's like, oh, I want to introduce you to her because she, she can would, help you do because what? Because I was at the, I, it was, I was at the office. I was at his office talking about music and she happened to come in. Oh, she happened to come in. Okay. And so then that's how we became friends. And she was writing a book and she made a soundtrack to the book. And so I volunteered to do demos for her. What book was she writing? It was called Written in the Stars. Okay. And so she was writing songs to it and asked me to sing on them. And did I say volunteer? I think she asked me to sing on them. And so I said, of course. And so I started singing the demos and she was like, she goes, I swear you have country elements in your voice. I was like, well, funny you say that. I mean, I've listened to country music my whole life I'm from Texas. Like that's kind of what I listened to before even when Houston was like Leanne Rhymes, and um because you were here doing pop stuff yeah yeah and so and I was doing I was even doing Whitney Houston demos out here 
Like if anybody needed a song for Whitney Houston, they would ask me to sing the demos. Oh, trust. Okay, yeah. believe me, I know because I would. Okay, this is a little side note. When when me and Michael would go for lunch or do anything yeah, together, make me sing for random I people. Literally, make her sing like a pony because she was so yeah. amazing, and I could not believe this girl. I know. I was voice. like your little show pony. You were, and like, you were a great yeah. show pony. And I'd be like, you want you don't understand how talented this girl is. Okay, you have no idea. Okay, Michael, sing. Yes, and and, and then. Like she'd be having your like voice would sound just like that. Exactly. Like, oh God. And it was so true. It was like authentic. And like, I, cause I'm telling you, I've still this day, I still think you have one of the best voices I've ever heard. No, it's the truth. And like, wait till you people hear, like people don't even know yet yeah. how incredible. Okay. Anyway, sorry. So continue. So she was. So yeah. So, um, I was like, well, funny thing, you know, like Leanne Rhymes was the reason why I wanted to even be a singer. And she was like, you really need to consider singing country. And I was like, I would love to, but how do I even start? Start. How do I even get there? Like, is there even a black person singing country music? <laughs> like, I didn't even know that. By and the way, yes, there is. And I thought about it afterwards. The serious record. Yes. Yeah. At the time, the but at the time, I like yeah. he had just released that record. So I hadn't even known. Oh. And when I tell you, like, I listened to country music, like when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend like i was listening to rascal flats really <laughs> oh my god in my car like that i really like that's what i listened to <laughs> that is all of it you know but you were doing whitney houston demos here yeah is it because because people just yeah. assume yeah. because you had that voice yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. I, they would make me i would do those and so i never you know i didn't know how to get there and so i remember i started just googling on the computer um, black country singers. And when I looked there, I obviously saw Charlie Pride, RIP. Um, and then this woman named Linda Martell. And then I saw this woman named Reese Palmer. And I was like, oh, wow, they, there's a recent black girl that sings country music. And so she had like a top 40. And I was like, oh, well, if she can do that, then I for sure, you know, can pursue a career. So at this time, you know, I'm still working two jobs. The idea, but is in my head, but I don't even know how to get there. And then I remember at a time, then I broke up with my ex-boyfriend who made me audition, not made me, but I auditioned for American Idol to impress him. Yeah. Oh God. <sighs> my God. <laughs> Whatever. That's on a, another subject. That's a whole other we, podcast. we do, we do dumb things when we're young. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, um, I, uh, once I broke up with him, like I had nothing left here, you know? And so I was just like, how do I get to Nashville? I don't know anybody. And I remember- Why do you have to be in Nashville to sing country, by the way? It's it's the good old boy system. Really? Mm -hmm. So that just, like, if you want to be a country- If you want to be a country singer, you initially, I believe, need to be in Nashville because- it truly Nashville does have some of the best songwriters in the world. In that's in that mm -hmm, genre. Mm -hmm. They do. They do. They have some of the most incredible songwriters. Okay. So you would need that to, for the experience and immerse yourself in the community. Right. You do have to do that. I frankly think that you should go wherever you're happy. I'm happier living here than I was living in Nashville. Right. It but gives, you know, like LA gives me a vantage point. And I didn't have any when I lived in Nashville. Like my whole world was that. And I immersed myself in it and it kind of messed with my mental morale. So I can't 
No. Do you have to go back though after you've made it to a certain, like after you hit a certain place in your career, do people, because I feel like all the country people still live in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an easier way of life. You're not paying double taxes. Oh yeah, that's for sure. No, for, for that reason alone. For that I reason agree. alone. Like I get it. Like you're paying taxes for your company and you're paying taxes for you. It's yeah. really, really, it's a lot. So more people do it more for a financial reason. I believe so. And some people like that. Yeah. For me, I need, I'm as much of an outward and outgoing person I seem like I am. I'm actually recluse and I really like my home space. Like if I lived in your big old house, like I don't know if I would leave. I I don't leave. I I would never, I would never leave. Like I would sit right here. (laughs) Honestly, it's hard for me to leave sometimes. I have a gym here. Oh, you've got everything. Like I would not. Oh my God. I would not leave. (laughs) Thank you. Well, also I, I, I'm similar to you. I, that's why I feel like I really resonate with you. Cause you give so much energy um, out constantly that um, I'm always, you're an introvert, extrovert. I'm an introvert. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I feel like I'm uh, an, an extrovert because I, I naturally could do that easily. It's me. It's my personality. Yeah. But then like at the end of the day, I'm not, I don't love big crowds. Mm-mm. I don't love. That's I, too, much. too much. I don't love parties. No. I never was a party girl. I never, I tried, but it wasn't my I thing I tried, either. not my thing. I'm so much better at like one-on-one conversations yes. and like deeper, meaningful relationships. A dinner party, you know? Yeah, like a very <laughs> yes. small group. I'm much more of that. So I feel yeah. like people get, it's a very, it's people get very uh, confused because yeah. they think, oh my God, you must be such, you're such an extrovert. You're so la 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 la. No. But if they really know, I'm actually not that way. Because when you're out like that, you're giving so much exactly. that you have to go back inside to, <sighs> to replenish. Like re- re- re-energize and <laughs> yes. replenish. I'm exhausted. Like I, exhausted. my favorite thing in the world is like to watch like TV oh. and like, and like, and like just the night. sit on my couch. Yeah. Oh, that's I that's my favorite my f- part of the night. My f- Once Grayson is in oh, bed. It's my favorite. And watch like there. my show. Like yes. my show. Like that's why I get like a lot of anxiety if there's like nothing to watch, like a bet a good yeah. season. I'm watching Yellowstone right now. I heard it's so good. Everybody loves it. People show. think it's so amazing. Yeah. And I I think it's fine. It's good. I don't think it's like the best show I've ever seen, but okay. I think it's good. TV's been really hard. TV is, right? It's really, I mean. That's why reality shows are my thing. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> what are you watching? Oh, my God. All the Real Housewives. Know. Oh, God. <laughs> See, I will not. Portia's Family Matters or whatever. Oh, which one? Portia Family Matters. Oh, they, no, they, and Your listeners that. might not know that, but I mean, I list, like love and hip hop, like trash. Oh, you like like trash? Trash oh, shows. God. Like, I, it's like I'm all up in somebody else's oh, business yeah. it and it's it, not mine. You know why? Because it's a total distraction from real life. It is. That's what it is. You're like watching someone else's train wreck. That's why those shows <laughs> do so well. feel better about my life. Well, why do you think those shows do so well? Like, yes. they're like the best rated shows. Yes. I'm like super into like succession. I love succession. Have you heard of that? I have I've never watched it. It's my favorite. I loved Ray Donovan. Like stuff was like that, that too. Loved. I was like, I'm like in love with Ray Donovan. I swear. He's like, and the movie just came out too. Really? Because okay. I just, never, well, I, it's, it, unless it's trash. You're not into so it. So where I can kind of like not be that yeah, you're into not, it. I'm doubt. Yeah. Like I have to like, the problem is like, I watch it with my, with Noah and he gets so annoyed because I have to listen to every single word. And if I don't hear the word, I got to remind it. it. It's like, it takes me like four hours to watch like a, th- a 40 minute show. See, that's show. why I like like the trash shows yeah, totally. because I don't have to really pay attention. I can be on my phone, and like you can be shopping. Other, exactly. Yeah. 
It's a whole combination. I, I have to revisit this whole yes. like reality TV thing because I used to like it for that exact reason. And then I'm like, there's too many good shows on. Yeah, yeah. there are too many. But then the, I have to pay attention. And you do. Have you seen you? The show you oh, I watch on Netflix? You. I love that. I love the, the other one, though. The one that is. How am I rooting for a stalker? I know. Like, there's something so wrong with me. Cute. He's, he's so cute. The other one. Have you seen Sex Life on Netflix? No. Is it good? Oh, how have you not seen this show? I have not. Okay. Did you ever watch Goop Lab? I did watch it. Which one? The first season or the second season? I think the first season with like the mushrooms and the oh, sex I did see, therapy. I saw that, that was uncomfortable. That was like, some of it's a little bit like. I was like, this is too much. You would hate the second season then. Really? Is it just it as was uncomfortable? It was all about couples and like sexuality. No, it no, was like, you would not like no, that one. No, 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 but, no, But I will tell you that it's not what sex life is about. Okay. okay. And let me just tell you this part. Like, okay. The two stars of the show uh-huh. are actually really together in real life. Oh, good. So like, but they, they met on the show. Oh. So she was married. I think she was actually married to someone. Ooh. I think she was married to the guy from uh, the show Shameless. Steve something other. Like- oh my God. And I love Shameless. I loved Shameless. Okay. A lot of people love that show. I didn't really, my, I never really watched it, but she it's was married lot. to him. And then they ended up together. And now like season two's coming up. I'm telling you, it's like soft porn. Oh God! Like, but like maybe like one notch below. Okay, but it's very. <laughs> it's good. a lot. It's okay. a lot, but it's okay. Anyway, okay. Um, but Back I'm telling to- you, okay, no, no, no. But this is like I'm telling. I bet you people are more like are like really like that. It's a very good show. Okay. Yeah. Back to where we were with Nashville. Living Nashville, Nashville, living in Nashville. Um, oh no, this, okay, so you. So then I looked and I saw Racy Palmer and I was like, oh black, my God. So I was like, guys. I can do this, but I still didn't have an avenue and I will never forget this. I was sitting at Chibo oh in God. West Hollywood <laughs> and I went there with Jen and she would always buy me food. So I was too poor and I couldn't afford any oh food. Gosh. So she would take me out to dinner, which was so nice. Jessica. Not Jennifer. Why I'm looking you at you because you know your name is Jen. A lot of people call me Jessica, though. People really? get confused a lot between the Jessica and the Jennifer name. Yeah, no, I, I keep calling. So I'm looking at you, and I'm calling her Jennifer. Jessica. Yeah. Jessica. So I was sitting there with her, and I was crying to her because I had nothing in my life. And you know, when you start going through that like quarter life mm. crisis, which we've all gone through, you're like 24. Right. You you're were 26 like, at the time. I was 24 at the time. At the time. Oh, at the time. Oh yeah. Gosh. And I was like crying to her because I didn't know what to do with my life. And I knew I wanted to sing country music, but how the hell do you get there? And so I'll never forget it. And I was working two jobs at this time. I was working at a bar in Manhattan beach and I was working at the cigar club right. in Beverly Hills. That was awful. I totally remember that. The sexual thing. harassment we dealt with. And at the same, you never thought about is it. Is it just because a bunch, bunch of like rich dudes just hitting yeah. on you? Yeah. Oh my God. It was disgusting. Um, so you, did you work there for the money, obviously? Oh, the yeah. Money, the at the time, really yeah. the tips were really good. And at the time, I was making $13 an hour. And that's when minimum wage was, wage was like, what, seven or something oh, like that? that's right. That was like a big so deal. So I was like, Plus tips. $13 an hour. Like, that's a big deal. Yeah. So it was. It really did help. And I could do my homework because I was in school and work. So How much was, were you making in tips a night there? Not a lot. Like, it had been like maybe 100 bucks. A okay. night. And then how and much I was working you, five days a week. And then at the Manhattan place, how much were you? I making was making a, about three hundred a night. Wow. And I was working there like 
Fridays and Saturdays. Okay. Okay. Weekends. Okay, yes. Gotcha. Okay. And I was get, that was awful too, but it's okay. We do what we have to do. Right. You have to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. So I remember I had nothing. I was heartbroken. I wanted to do music. I wanted to sing country music, had no idea how to do that. And Jessica was like, well, she asked me, she was like, well, what is it that you want to do, Michael? And I was like, well, I really want to sing country music. And then she goes, well, then do it. And, okay. okay exactly. Now what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And she's, and she said, are you prepared? Which I thought was really, you know, I didn't really understand what she was saying, but she was basically telling me like, are you really ready to put in the hard work? Cause you know, I'm like this little 24 year old and yeah. what does a 24 year old want? She wants major results with little work. Yeah, like that's exactly. what we, we want it to just happen. Instant like, gratification. Instant gratification. Right. That's what we want. And it's like, but it doesn't happen that way. And so she's basically asking me, are you really ready to put in the work and do what it takes? And, and I said, yes. And, and that was the end of that conversation. I went home still didn't know what I was doing. And then I ran into, I, I was going to move back home. I was, I had made up in my mind that I was just going to move back home to Texas and finish out my degree there. I'd gotten all my credits. They should transfer and I should be able to go to like a university out there and live with my parents and it'd be easier for me. More from our guests, but first a few words from our sponsor. So I have been a huge fan of Trinogen for years and that's why I am super excited to share They've recently began partnering with them. I literally don't miss a day taking it. And if I were to only take one supplement, this is the one. And here's why. Our bodies produce a molecule called NAD, which is critical for our cellular energy and repair. But the levels sadly decline as we age. A nutrient that can help increase our NAD is a form of vitamin B3 called nicotinamide riboside, otherwise known as NR. It is the most efficient way to get this is through this Trunagen because it's the best NAD precursor around. Trunagen helps support our bodies against everyday stressors that can really damage our cells like overeating, drinking, staying up too late. In my opinion, no one is too young to take it. I wish I knew about this in my early 30s. And what's most amazing is that Trunagen is backed by 18 clinical trials and has endorsements of two Nobel Prize winning scientists. So go check it out at trueniagen.com. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N. And we have a special offer for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $100 or more using the code HUSTLE20. So definitely run, don't walk, and scoop some up now. The day that I was going to tell my parents I was going to quit, or the day before, I I was at a mall. This is when I was going to Santa Monica City College and L.A. Valley College. And I was out at L.A. Valley, Valley College, and I went to the mall over there because it was close. And I was going to get my mom something, and I went to the coach store, and I bought her like this little $100 pouch. And that was a big deal. That was a big because you didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. So I, it was like $125. Did I, you buy it? But was it a birthday gift? Yeah, or? it was her birthday oh, gift. And okay. I, I spent, so you know, nice. my money on that. And as I was coming down the stairs, I saw this DJ I knew when I was doing acting too. For those of you guys know, I was, I tra- dabbled in acting too. 
Which, you were just doing everything. And I hated it. I hated that too. Like the auditions and the headshots and Runyon Canyon. I hated it. Runyon Canyon. <laughs> You know, it's the actor I, and they have their headshots in the back of their car as they go and get their shoes to hike Running Canyon. Oh my that's, God, that's so funny. And that's so It's so true. true. It's so true. Oh my God, that's so true. So how long did you even last? Oh, that? I didn't last long. I hated it. It's a grind. Too. It's a grind it's a and grind. it's a constant like rejection. Constant. Tenfold. How is it a different rejection though from music though? Isn't it the same? <laughs> It is the same, but it's different. Well, because you get more auditions, I guess, right? So it's yeah. A, it's more it's a constant it's, rejection. It's constant rejection daily yeah. or like every time mm-hmm. you're out there because you're. I remember I went to small, audition and, you know, the casting agents are usually pretty jaded. To- yeah, I can imagine. Annoyed. <laughs> and so I walked in there and this, I was like, hi. She goes, I went to shake her hand and she goes, I don't shake hands. And imagine having an audition after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the whole energy in the room. Yeah. Just it was always yeah. some mean, like. Because they do this 20, they do this all day. And, yeah. You know, and imagine being a black woman trying to get an audition and it's like. It, it must. It, I listen. I've never been. So I, I, I can only just imagine or like listen to the stories. But I can't imagine. Well, I think what's interesting Like, imagine is, if you had a role, like, if they only had, role, like, one role for a Jewish girl. A Jewish girl, yeah. So exactly. they have that in the description. And yeah. And they're specifically looking for a girl that's Jewish. Yes. And you're doing that in front of a whole bunch of white casting directors. Yeah, yeah. No, I can... And that listen, energy. I feel like... I feel like maybe now it would be better because... I feel the world has changed. The world has changed. Yeah. And there's also, I think, pressure on people. Yeah, to be I more inclusive. I think that's the more truth. Like they're to more, be more like, open. Because if they're not, it doesn't look PC enough for mm-hmm. them. And so their brand will be, or the show will be yeah. getting uh, the brunt of it. So they'll have to be more diverse. But to your point, I can imagine back then, and also even now, people have their, everyone has their own personal bias or. Yeah. Of what, and no one really knows what happens in people's brains, right? Yeah. Like what they say and how they actually think are so different. It's so true. You know, so you don't mm-hmm. even know. But I think in general, it's a, it, it can be a very, uh, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, what it, it's, it's hard on your, it's, it's a very, what do you call it when it's like not emasculating, but it's a very, your ego is definitely, it's, it's a very hard business, humbling, humbling experience. <laughs> it is. I, 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 I've never been an actress. I don't want to Oh my be. God. Not for me. No, it is not for me. How many, so, so how many auditions were you going on? Were you doing it? I was doing, I was doing quite a few and even that like uh, being broke and having to spend $600 on some headshots. Like who has that money? It's so hard. It's so hard. I know. I mean the whole business, and then you hit. It's random who get who who you hit, like how it hits, right? Yeah. Because you don't know what the person's looking for. Yeah, you, you have don't. no idea. And so, like, either you look at you're it or not. Like the, some of these, you people, have to leave your ego at the door. Yeah, you really have it. You you have to be super tough, or you yeah. have to like mm-hmm. made of Teflon because yeah. it says. It, you have no idea. Yeah. So that didn't last. Okay. No. So then. Um, so I said I dabbled in acting. I can't remember where I was. Yeah, you were dabbling in acting. You hated it. Yeah. But then you said you, you wanted to move. You're going to move back to Texas. Yeah, because so you I was going move to move to b- back to Texas because I had nothing going on. And I'm heading down an escalator. 
And DJ. I run into DJ D-Rec, the guy that I met when I did do a movie. I did do like a movie. You did? Yes. Don't need to tell y'all what it was because it was really bad. I'm going to look it up. But I knew him um, when I did a movie. His name was DJ D-Rec, um, Nick Cannon's DJ. And so I'll never forget, I, I ran into him and I was trying to get out of it. Like, I haven't seen this guy in a long time. So you, it's like, well, you don't see someone for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You don't want them to ask how you're doing and how's life yeah, when yeah. life isn't great. <laughs> you know, you just kind of want to just avoid exit it yeah. to the left. You don't want them to ask you any questions so you can say, oh, I'm in school. Yeah, I totally get that 100%. You just want to like kind of avoid the whole situation. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, good to see you out. Yeah. He stopped me. Got off the phone, stopped me. He was uh -huh. on the phone. He got, he let me call you right back. Let me call you right back. And I'm like, uh-oh. No. Now you got to like sit there and talk to yeah, him. Yeah. So I'm talking to a hip hop DJ and he's asking me questions like, how am I doing? What's going on? And I just said, you know, I'm good. I'm in school. I'm not really doing music anymore. He's like, you do do music. Like, what kind of music do you sing? Without thinking this man was going to have any connection to the country world. I said, I sing country music. And he was like, my boy Julian Raymond has been looking for a black female country singer. And I was like, well, I'm your girl. And just like that, my life changed. See, it was a conversation that you didn't want to take, didn't want to. I'm so glad that you just gave me that story. <laughs> yes. Because I think that is, I, I always say that it's the people you always least expect to actually help you the most. Mm -hmm. People always think you have to, you, it, it has to come from some powerful source and this it, other it thing. It doesn't. And like, if you, again, this was your destiny because if you just like kept on moving, you wouldn't have had that conversation exactly. with him. Who would have thought a hip hop DJ would, would be the have one? Any connection? And then just to think about it, like go back even further, I'm sitting in front of Jessica Bendinger and she's telling me, asking me what I want to do. And I said, I want to sing country music. And then she said, just do it. And I had no idea. And no then you just connection. Said, surprising that you even said country music at yeah. that point. You could, I, like the fact that you just like blurted it out to him for yeah. the well, first I, time you've I, ever I said, said it. I, and I said it I, thinking like there's no way this man's going to have any connection and I can just keep moving on. So then what happens? He tells you he about Julian. He was like, he gave me his phone number and I was like, wow. It felt different when I said it. And even when he said, I have someone I want to introduce you to, it felt different. And so I went home. Uh, the next day, the next morning, it was surprising my mom for her birthday. And my roommate at the time didn't show up for my work shift at my other job, the job that was giving me really good tips that I needed. And I got fired from my job. Because someone else yeah. not showing up. Yeah. But I was still like, I didn't need to work there anyway. I hated working there. And and something about this conversation felt right. And then this was over the core. I started, was working on and off with Julian for the last three years. And he's the reason why I got my record deal. So some random conversation you had with this DJ led you to the guy that actually got yes. you the record. So what, who is, where's Julian now? Julian like, Raymond works at Big Machine in Nashville. And that's a big, that's a big Yeah, it's, Taylor, it's where Taylor Swift used to be signed. She's not there anymore. Taylor's now at Universal. Oh, so Taylor's on your record label? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but she's not Nashville. She's, she's global. She's global. Yeah. But you're Nashville? Yes. Okay. So I thought was, I thought once you're on Universal, it would be I mean, the it's same. all the same, but you're just under different umbrellas. umbrellas. Like I'm under capital umbrella. I think she's a Universal. 
proper. Gotcha. Okay. And Big Machine is where she was. Who mm -hmm. else is on Big Machine? Um, there are some other artists. I'm not sure. Like Brett Young. Oh, okay. I guess I'm saying I could say them. You wouldn't I wouldn't know. even know them anyway. No. But but then what? What did he do at Big Machine? Was he A and R? A and R. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then he got. So you were. He got you the deal at Capital? Yes. So he introduced me to my management, Gary Borman and Steve Moyer, who managed Keith Urban. Yeah. They managed Lady Antebellum and they managed Faith Hill. So he, and then that's, but wasn't, why would you decide to Big Machine then? He wasn't working at Big Machine. He's now working at Big Machine. Oh, at the he time was, he yeah, wasn't. he wasn't. What was he doing back then? He was just doing production and he was working at Warner LA. Oh, mm -hmm. so he wasn't. I was thinking like he, why he, he didn't live. In, why he didn't live he in Nashville. He didn't live in Nashville. So he, you worked with him here in LA. Mm -hmm. And then what? Then when did you what finally move to Nashville? Then I moved to Nashville. So I I met Julian when I was like 24. 24 ish, twenty five ish. I think I was all. I was that was this. Yeah, I might have been twenty five. I, I can't put okay, an age number like not, yeah, okay, 20, it's too uh, okay. uh, it's, it's okay. too it's close enough okay we don't have to be exact yeah okay, 25 yeah 24. 25 26 something I don't know it's so long ago and so um I was working with him for like like two years or something like that so before you moved yeah before I moved to Nashville but to Nashville and then, so, mm -hmm. so he didn't have, so then when you moved to Nashville, you already had, so he got you this manager with, yes. And then my managers introduced me to these songwriters I started writing with. And then they introduced me to Mike Dungan, the chairman, the now chairman of universal Nashville, but he was the, the president of Capitol Records. Got you. Then you got your late, then you got your record deal, another wedding, as you would call it. Yes. A wedding. Another wedding. Okay. And then what happens? Um, you moved to Nashville. I moved to Nashville. And that's when I get the call from you. I'm moving to Nashville. Yes. Right. And then I moved to Nashville. And I was like, what? You're doing country now? Yeah. I was so confused. Yeah. And like the fact that you like did that uh, pivot, so to speak. I mean, again, the resilience. If something's not working in one way, you figured out a way to make it work I, yeah. in another way. Mm -hmm. And then what? So then you move there and then what happens? So then I moved to Nashville and I started writing a country record. And it was very fun and hard. Um, How long were you doing it for? Uh, 10 years. I just I released say, my first album. So like that's what they- Last year. It took that long. Mm -hmm. Why? Tell us. <laughs> Help me. Tell me. So first of all, once I got signed there, then Capital was sold to Universal. Right. So there was that lull in that period where there was no president. Here we go again, right? But at the same time, it was like, like I said, a lot of times you sign an artist and then you try to change everything that made that artist special right. enough for you to sign them, then you start changing it. So everybody's making all, and I see it happen to so many new artists that are now being signed way after me. And I try to have lunch with these girls and I'm like, don't let them change who you are. You tell this to these yes. people? Yes. I say, st stand in exactly who you are and, and, and don't ever waver from that because they will try to change you and it won't work. And I, I know because I dealt with it. Right. And, and it's like any song that I wrote, it was overly scrutinized. Um, 
it wasn't going to be enough for country radio. And you need to make records that sound super, super country because you're black. Wow. Is what I was told, literally. And, um, and they're telling me this as I'm listening. There was this whole wave. It, it's kind of gone back to super country now, but there was a wave, about a 10-year wave on country radio where everything was like, like had a trap beat in it and and had R&B melodies and it was it's what you call bro country. And oh, okay. it's still country radio is going to be what country radio is. It's it's a heavy male-driven industry and they don't really have a lot of room for women and they will tell you that. On record. <laughs> right, on record. And then so you're doing all, so if I'm getting my timeline right, it still was about eight at least years until your album comes out. Because mm -hmm. when did this album come out officially? Uh, September, September 24th, so, 2021. But the single came out before. Oh my God, I released the single in 2016. And that's, that's what, okay, so and why it had, did it take it was so like, long? It was the, no, so the single I released was like the number one most debuted act um, added songs in history and in history yeah in history of country music yeah it was a big deal and we thought oh this is it this is going to happen what was it called for people who don't it was know called so better it was called better than you better left than me you left and me. it was working it was going and what ended up happening a girl a, a song of a girl that is a really good friend of mine and i love her got on the verge and it's a pro on the verge. I don't know if it still is a thing, but it's a program that iHeartRadio does where they, um, when an artist gets that, they put that artist's song in heavy rotation. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's a program for like six weeks and nine times out of 10, that song will go number one. And she got it. And her song was a ballad too. And they literally have gone on record and said that they don't play two female ballads in a row. So they kept her art, they kept her song and dropped mine. <gasps> really? Mm -hmm. What song was it? The other song? Um, I don't, it, it doesn't matter, but it came out and, and it, that was a devastating blow to me. And we were going for this next slot and it was working. And it was, it was devastating. It devastated everything. Like I was on a major tour. And imagine being on a major tour and seeing your single die on the radio and people that weren't once excited about you don't care at all that you're there. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's why I say getting the record deal is the wedding. That's a, yeah. And, and even up to getting to the point of releasing a song like Better Than You Left Me, that was the first song I ever wrote when I moved to Nashville. And they recorded it every which and way, every which way. I went through all these different producers. I'm telling you, like they tried to alter everything, and they finally circled back around on this song. Wow! And it That's took four years for me to just get that. And and to and to get a song on country radio, I don't know how it is anymore, but you have to do this thing called radio tour, where you have to fly or get in a van and drive all over every region and just visit all these radio stations and sit in a conference room with white walls and you know those lights and sing for them alone in a room. And you're doing that everywhere and then you have to go to dinner and then you have to sign and, and go on their radio station and promote and to do all of that. At one point I even had to sing this country ballad 
at a Vegas pool party. <laughs> really? Girl. Why? That's where the radio station, it was their idea to do this. And like new artists would interrupt a Vegas pool party to sing their song for these people that aren't even there to listen to you in the first place. Yes. <laughs> it's in not Vegas? glamorous. Yeah. It's Vegas, girl. That's so crazy. And so all of that just to get your song added on the radio. And then once it didn't work, then the label's looking at you like you're a liability, you're not working. And so then you just keep getting pushed further and further and further back. And you feel like you're being left more and more and more behind. And I had to deal with that. So that, what, what, how did you resurrect from that? Like oh my God. I, I mean, I, I went through a lot. I, I kept writing. That was one thing I never stopped doing is I kept writing. But then at a certain point I was writing for no reason because I had nothing to say because I was trying to do everything that they wanted me to be. And that didn't work. So anything else that I wrote or did, it wasn't going to matter. They were going to already see me as someone that doesn't work. So that was now, that was 2016 about? That was 2016, 17, 18, 19. This all was very recent. And then, but they didn't even drop you though, right? They didn't drop but me. But they were But like I, every year, anything. every year I kept asking to be let go. We, so how were you making money then? I wasn't. So you were just, did you have another job also then? I didn't have another job, but I had a husband who was my sole support at a certain point. Like I had nothing. So that, how did it, what, at what point did it hit? Like it went from. So being, in like, 2019 is when it really, when I started, I finally had a, a, my meeting with Cindy, Mabe, and I said, I really want you to take over my project. Cause I had all men working on my project and I did everything that they told me to do and it didn't work. And I said, if I stay, I really want you to take over my project. She goes, okay, I will. That was the first step. And the next step was me. I mean, I remember I was so skinny and on diet pills and drinking too much. You were? Oh, my God, yeah. And at this time, because I remember. Is that because they told you to be skinny? No, I was just being a dumb woman that was trying to keep up with the Joneses in this town, you know? Oh, my god! I know. And How long were you doing that for? Maybe like six months. Yeah. How skinny did you get? You're skinny. I, I, w I was pretty small. I was pretty small. And I remember I went to the record label because I really, I had been writing these songs that I'd kept to myself. Like I didn't even feel like it was a point in playing it for anybody because they weren't going to listen to it with any other ears that weren't geared for country radio. And I'm like, they're not going to play me. They're not. They're, they're not going to play me. So why am I continuously on this hamster wheel? Right. We've got to try something different. And so I remember I went to the label and I had all these new songs that I'd wrote. And the first thing that the chairman of Universal said to me was like, oh, you look like you got taller. I'm like, Mike, I'm, I haven't grown since I was 15. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm I'm the same height. I'm 33 years old. I'm the same height. And I remember um, we sat down and I played my songs and he was like, you know, there's just no room for pop on country radio. And I said, with all due respect, Mike, 
after all the pop music that you've released on your male country artists, you can never say that word in my music again. And that's where I, I took my power back and I stood up for myself. And what did he say? He goes, okay. <laughs> that's all? That's all? <laughs> yeah. And I'm inside. I was, I was like, like dying. <laughs> yeah. It took so long oh for me to say that. Yeah. I was really scared, you know? No kidding. I know. And there's a way to deliver things, you know? That's the other thing. Um, in order to get where you want, there's a way to talk to people. I believe and they can hear you. And I could have gone and there was a tyrant like, well, y'all haven't done this and you promised this and blah, 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 blah. But I had to take it from a very like level-headed place. Like I Non-emotional, you know? And that's what I had to do in that moment. And I had to say, I'm not making music for you, Mike. You're not my audience. I said, my audience is women the LBGTQIA plus community, um, black people, that's my audience. And that's where I'm headed. And, and in order for this to work, I need you to trust me and allow me to figure myself out as an artist. I have done everything that you guys have told me to do and it is not working. And they listened to you? And they listened to me. And then I slept for three days. Really? I could not get out of bed for three days. And like I'd always heard, you know, when people are going through anxiety or depression or something like that, that they can't get out of bed. I didn't know. I'd be like, what do you mean? Just get out of bed. I was super ignorant like that until I felt that feeling. Like I was sick. I was completely ill. And it wasn't because I was actually sick, but I think I had released all of this pent-up anxiety that I had for seven years. I was holding it all in. Like I was a ticking time bomb. And the only way I coped with it was through diet pills and liquor. I mean, that's what diet, I mean, don't even tell me. That was not a good one. Let's just put it that way. It was not a good diet pill. What were the diet pills? like? They just made me skinny like all the girls in country music. Like I was going to say, did you feel that you, did you feel somewhere that the reason why you weren't hitting success was because you did not look the way you should look? Did you, I I felt like. Was it playing on your self-esteem and the physical? That, that, and I felt like I needed to, I was looking all around me like, these women are usually super small and yeah, tall. I never understand how they can be that. So uh, how is it that everybody's small? It doesn't you can, make sense. Exactly. You can't like, you have to be starving yourself. You there's, no, starving. there's no, there's no way. way. There's no way. Everyone's a zero. There's no freaking yeah, way. Just, it, you I, know? I, I know. I, there's no way. There's no way. There's if you're no eating, way. like you can work out all you want, but like in Girl, order to I look like that, you, Working out only gets you so far. Fit, yeah. It can get you stronger. You could get better endurance. Yeah. But like, take it from me now. This is now my area of expertise. It's all diet. Diet is yeah. 90%. If you're going to be eating badly or just eating, you're not going to, if you're not eating properly and so precise, you're going to get. And who your, wants yeah. to eat completely precise all the time? All the time. time. It's There's impossible. no it's, way. It's, 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 it's very hard to maintain that. It's, 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 it's uh, almost uh, impossible. I agree. Uh, you ain't telling no like i know like that is just it it was just a bad place where i was at i was a bad i was in a very bad place 
very bad mindset, but I, I, I think it was a form of control for me too. That's like why that was do the, it. that was the only, um, easiest way to control is like, that was the that. only thing I could control. Like everything else I couldn't control what the industry wanted. And to be honest, like I'm, I'm still having, I have a hard time getting out of that mind frame. Like when you're told no for 20 something years, at a certain point you start seeing so many faults in yourself. So that once confident girl that you met when I was 19, I'm not that girl anymore. Yeah, you are. I am in a sense, but I also. You got it back. I mean, maybe, maybe you I'm were, getting it back, but I still like it's a battle for me. You were the beaten mental up. things. Yeah. Yeah. The you, mental. You were definitely beaten up. Yeah. But like you also have shown proven resilience. Yeah. I, I believe it. Like you're right. Like after I was like a battered wife, right? Yes. Like you're like, but it's true. So I still sometimes take on the mind frame of like. And a lot of us do, like, even after having a baby, like I, all this stuff happened to me when in a pandemic and I was pregnant. Well, that's when you hit it. That's yeah. what's so str- But like, that's what's so random it's about so it. It's so random. Like, you know, like it, it wasn't working when you were like young. No. You know, when you were in 19, it wasn't yeah. working. But then like all of a sudden, you know, you're pregnant your everything in the kitchen sink yeah and like in the pandemic and what what was that like i have no idea what what made it hit all i have no idea i had the songs so like did you but did you release anything different no i so that song better than me no no no, no, i realized i released black like me no sorry sorry but better than no i know but better than you left me was 2016 you released Black Like Me in 2020. Tw- I thought tw- 2019. Okay. 2020, 2020. You're right. Okay. Obviously, you're right. You know more than <laughs> I do. Do you? In a pandemic. In a pa- But what made you release it then? Well, so I had had it recorded and mastered by the end of 2019. Okay. And we were trying to figure out a place to release it and a playlist for it to playlist. But we didn't have any definitive plan. And then the world shut down. And when the world shut down, then there was the death of Ahmaud Arbery. There was the death of Breonna Taylor. Yeah. And then there was the death of George Floyd. Right. And I think that back to back oh, to back. Gotcha. I, I mean, I saw these and I was just devastated. And so I just released a clip of it on my social media. Just a clip, just the core. So it wasn't even released. It, it, it wasn't like. It wasn't le- released by your record label. No, I, I put it out on my social media and that's when it like had this just crazy response. And what kind then of response? They had, like what it was, of- I mean, my inbox, like I couldn't keep up with the messages. It was so much. It was so many messages. And then I did a podcast with my girlfriend, Jana, and her husband a while back. And he... They were they were playing devil's advocate with racism and it was very upsetting. I was very pregnant, didn't know. And you didn't know you were pregnant? No, I didn't know I was pregnant at this time. And this conversation made me really, really upset. And I was upset on the podcast. So you heard it. I was sobbing my eyes out. Like the girl's husband was just so disrespectful to me. And it broke me down to the worst place. I'm like, I'm watching, like, I just saw this man murdered, Ahmaud Arbery, and you're debating on whether black people have received racism or not. It was baffling. And I, 
And so all these people listened to that podcast and that blew it up too. And then Blackout Tuesday happened and then Spotify asked for it, for the song. And then I released it and then just this whole thing. The next thing I know, I'm singing at the Grammys two weeks after I gave birth, by the way. So let me get this straight because I yeah. knew these bits and pieces. I didn't I didn't know that this was kind of done. This was totally me. you. And this was not your record label. And this was not a planned st strategy. This was literally like, it was really like a question of you took an opportunity or timing. Yeah. And it kind of just, it basically just yeah. spiraled yeah. from there. It, it, and it wasn't like, I didn't oh look at it. Oh my God. And I didn't look at it as an opportunity. I, I need people. It wasn't even, it wasn't it, even For me, it wasn't like, I was like, ooh, this is a moment here. It was like, I was devastated at watching right. what was happening in the world. You just like, it was, but you did it. It was I, impulsive. Like I just, I impulsive really, it was something I just was like, well, I'm just going to put it. I don't need to, I'm not going to ask my label to do it. I'm just going to put it out there. And I was like, this is for Ahmaud Arbery. This is for Brianna Taylor. On, on YouTube or just no. On you just put it on your own social media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then from there, everything else yeah. happened in Spotify yeah. and then this. And then the next thing I know, I'm pregnant, having to do all of this. And I've had a baby. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is only, this is so recent. Oh, it's so recent. So cut to now. Like so recent, like you know what happens after you give birth. I, I know. So I was trying to sing. I was. Uh, it, I know. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, that's amazing. Can I say that or no? Yeah, I okay. was peeing on myself. She was peeing on herself, everybody, when she was trying to sing at the Grammys. Yeah. Which is so crazy to me. So let <laughs> me get this straight. So so then this is all in the last yeah, year. Yeah, the reason, because when you are you give birth. Oh, you're on that still. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> people didn't know. Okay, so yeah, I was no, just no. peeing no, on myself. No, so she just had a baby and then yeah. you're on, like you're doing the Grammys. To sing, not even and a, a, to sing and to push from your diaphragm, it, yeah. But what I can't even believe is, yeah, I mean, it just all happened truly. Like it went feast to fam famine to feast. It was feast. like famine. <laughs> famine to famine, famine to feast. Famine so feast. from there, so let me just get, so let me just kind of like just set this up for you. So cut to, that was in 2000, that's 2020. 2022 right now, you're now doing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. You're up for three Grammys. You're doing Sesame Street. Sesame Street. You're doing a show uh, with you're doing, Reese Witherspoon. You're doing a show with Reese Witherspoon produced on by Apple. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah, produced, which will you'll be a judge on a show. Mm -hmm. And then you're also gonna be guest hosting for Ellen. Yes. That's all, and that's all like literally, like, but this is to me momentum, right? Because one thing one thing triggers another mm -hmm. thing, triggers mm -hmm. another thing. So, and all because you released that little clip from that mm -hmm. song. Yeah. And so then you, when, when did your label decide to release the album? Like how did, they had to um, move fast. So as I, I, so when the world shut down, while the world was shutting down and people were on Instagram and doing Instagram lives mm -hmm. and. That's all they were doing. All they were doing. I didn't do that. I hit up my producer and I was like, Karen, we have this opportunity Name's here. Karen. Karen. I know. <laughs> the irony is so Karen Kosowski. <laughs> she's got blue hair, white woman. Oh my God. She's the amazing. The name's Karen. Her name is oh Karen. <laughs> and I um I I said there's an opportunity here. We need like I, I, sh tell me the gear to get 
um, this is in the beginning of the pandemic. I said, tell me what gear to get. And, and I can try to figure out how to work logic while we're in this pandemic so we can produce and, and write and, and put out a record. There's, there's a, there's something here. We can't just wait. And she's like, I agree. And she told me all the, the gear to get Cindy Mabe, the president of my label cleared it. My husband paid for it while they were waiting to get the money. And now I don't even like the the gear. A lot of the gear is sold out because everybody finally got on <gasps> thing. But but Karen and I, within the first month of the pandemic, we learned how to record vocals remotely. And I was doing music the whole time, so I was creating and building an album this entire time. And that album was created remotely. Like so that album Karen was in was in Nashville. Nashville. I was here in L.A. and we were recording through Zoom. So you did that album that's up for all these in my house in my house in your house while the pandemic was happening mm -hmm. in my bedroom. Oh my god! Yeah, that is pregnant too. There was moments like where I was super pregnant, so some of the songs it would depend on the day when I could record it. Like I would have to record before I ate because if I eaten you know like once your your baby's super big like you don't have any room anywhere for your diaphragm to go so if I had food in my stomach I couldn't sing yeah that's the definition of hustle right there like yep. you actually like you but you like literally capitalized on a, that is an opportunity you yeah. saw an opportunity yes. because you already had the momentum yeah and I wasn't going to just let it go you away just gonna, because we were in a pandemic and you just like jumped on that chance yeah and now like your whole career is like it's crazy. And I, it's just like, one thing I've learned is just because someone says no, doesn't mean that that's the end all. And so often in life, you know, we're put in these boxes and we're supposed to like, for some reason, people have created this imaginary box that doesn't exist to, to make sense of everybody, but you don't really, it, it doesn't exist. Yep. It literally doesn't exist. And if something doesn't work one way, find another way. I know. I just, I always don't say, give up on yourself just because that person said no, or just because 20 people said no. Don't change your goal, change your plan. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, yeah, you're not, you're speaking my words. I totally agree. If you're, if one person says no, it doesn't mean, it, who cares? I mean, go yeah. find another person or go yeah. find another door or no right now. It or make no your own right door. Or make your own door. That, exactly. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Like, don't, don't, don't put your destiny on someone else. Like, don't make other, yeah. someone else decide on your destiny mm -hmm. or your future. Like, yeah. you got to take the ownership and do it yourself. Yeah. I didn't even realize that that was happening. This whole album was done in the pandemic. I, I, I assume that that album was done. They, they just weren't releasing the album. Mm -mm. I mean, I had a lot of these songs written. Some of these songs were three, four years old. But wasn't recorded. That wasn't recorded. So. So you mean... And so all, that whole time, I didn't know the way. I actually did know the way. And I was subconsciously making this way and recording this album. Like I was doing some music to appease my label. And then I was doing the other music to appease myself. And that is real artistry is making art art for yourself, not art for to fit in a format. 
And also you took matters into your own hand and you're, you're creating yourself. You're actually create your own yeah. future and destiny. And I constantly was ownership. working. I was constantly working and building. I never, that's the one thing I never stopped working. Like even when they said no, I never stopped writing. I still showed up every Monday through Friday and wrote many songs and it, whether they were good or not, I still showed up. That is really amazing. <clears throat> I mean, what a change of lifestyle for you, right? Yeah. So, like, what are you doing now? Like, like how are you? Like, now what? So now, now the it's like, out, now that the album is out, how many albums have you? Like, do you know the numbers? Of I the don't. Album? I don't know the numbers. No. How is it? But doing? I know it. I mean, fairly. I mean, it's Grammy nominated. I would say that's uh, well. Day, I know, but is yeah. it always? Is there is there a correlation sometimes between? <sighs> it's no. The correlation is really like. The Grammy, it's like your peers are listening to your music and it's, it's and highest. they're, and they're, they go for the music, not for chart success, but for the actual body of work, which is like, thank God, because I mean, country radio isn't supporting me. So I'm not having success there. Where's all your success really coming from? Then? From the world, the film and television. That's where my success is coming from. Yeah. Because you're getting so many ancillary opportunities yeah. mm -hmm. that are not even related to this stuff, yeah. right? Like, mm -hmm. you're right. Like, it, But it's weird because you're up for best country album, best country yeah. song, best uh, country and I don't have solo. A top, I don't have a top 10 hit. In the country. That How yeah. is that? The, how is that? possible well whenever you put out an album anybody can submit for a record like anybody could submit but when they're listening they're listening to the actual music and just because what is mm. working on country radio doesn't necessarily make it good music well because wasn't isn't taylor swift and wasn't she initially considered a country music yeah, star she was. person she was and then did she really tr like it's not like she became like she's a, she does more pop but yeah. is it like who's giving you those categories um, that's that. I mean, I made a country record, so those are the categories that I. But they're not even recognizing them. you. You said, and that's the more country radio. Radio, country radio that's isn't the thing. recognizing me, but, but the industry does. Right, but what I'm saying is, yeah. if country radio isn't, and uh, mm -hmm. that's just like that. It has nothing to do with the actual. Yeah. got it. Yeah. I see. Yeah, that has nothing. Like Casey Musgraves, for ins for for example, like she doesn't have any top ten radio hits. But she was nominated and won album of the year for her album Golden Hour, and 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 that was an a, an incredibly beautiful album that country radio chose not to support. Oh God! So much of this is like politics, and it that's is. why like it's just one. It's like one little variable can change mm -hmm. the trajectory. The, the, mm -hmm. the, the trajectory. Tra trajectory. trajectory. I can never <laughs> say that word properly of someone's life. And, yeah. you know, it's about, it's a, the, it really takes the onus on that person to mm -hmm. really kind of guide the ship and make yeah. things happen. And wow. So now, okay. So now we are, now what's next? Like, besides all on, those things I'm, I told you, besides, so, I mean, we said just now. So I'm, I'm an observer and, and the way this industry and the way the world works, like our attention span is like that. Totally. So yes, I have this album. I'm ready to put out new music, hopefully by March or April. Are you serious? Dead serious. So I mean, what, that's the like that's how hip hop artists do. Like they're consistently where you, ha you have to consistently in order to continue in my personal opinion and from my observations and in order to continue to build, mm -hmm. you have to have 
product. You're con consistently I, I releasing say content. Product. You have to mm -hmm. have con constant, or else they've they've moved on. Like you've got about twenty seconds. Not it's, and not by, even. And by the way, that time like that twenty seconds has actually become twelve seconds. That's that why crazy? TikTok is so popular. Instagram now people don't have the patience to even go through. No. So like the truth of the matter is, I, I know like that's why people are constantly churning out content because people's attention span is so little. And if you think about it, like those videos on TikTok, that takes days to make. Oh like, the, like it takes so much time and they're just, I know you're like constantly on your phone. And that's another hard thing for me is, is that like, how do I be an artist in a, in you a don't. world where there's constant, you, you're, you're needing constant gratification for 12 seconds or less, six seconds. Well, that's why people have to build teams, right? They have a social yeah. media team. Very yeah. few people when they hit a certain place are even doing their own social media yeah. or doing their own because it's the content creation on just that level alone. It takes you're a churning out shit you to, And you have constantly. to take a day to do it. It's those like, like to your point, 10 seconds of video takes hours to edit and to think of what, like look at JLo stuff. She's pumping out, like you think she's doing any of that stuff? She's not touching her. No, she's, she's not touching that stuff. Getting her facials. Right, she's not doing five, she's not doing, uh, hours of editing and she's not writing those mm -mm. what do you call those things those like captions yeah you know there's somebody writing them they there's know people, their voice and yeah mm -hmm. i mean that's just the, what the reality is you know because yeah. you don't have time no so okay so now was it well the out well when will you have a full album are you gonna are you gonna just drop i want to drop some eps yeah and then do another album hopefully this year or next year but i want to consistently have like bodies of work whether it's in the form of an ep or an album Jeez, I know me. it's a lot. It's a lot, and I can't believe. And be a mom, and be a mom. I was gonna say, and like you're traveling a lot. You're still a wonder, like you, but you still have been, you're the same girl. Why did you change? Why did you go from Michael to Mickey? Because people were calling me. People Mickey. just called you Mickey yeah, all the time. Mickle too. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, so I was like, oh, that's a cute name. I, I mean, that. Mickey. I never called you Mickey, but I thought maybe other people called yeah. you, called you yeah. Mickey. All right, so we know what's coming out. You're going, to, you're going to be putting out new music in the next few months in March. Anything else, my dear? Uh, and I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm just consistently trying to put out more music and do more film and television. Oh my gosh! Well, I really enjoy that. I mean, and I'm sure. When does the show come out? The, what, the my kind of country. Yeah, my I'm kind not of sure. Country. I'm not sure. Wow. They haven't told us yet. Well, you're going to have to come back on anyway. I will. This is, a, by the way, this has been such a different podcast for me because I have, so, I feel you so. You know me. I know you <laughs> and I'm like so happy for you. Thank you. And to see what's gone on. I'm is, so happy for you. Oh, now, now. But I'm happy for you because you have like, just to see your career evolve and now to be a mom and. The mom thing is crazy. You're a mom and you're like, a grown woman. Now. I'm a woman. You're not like 19. <laughs> I'm you know? not. You still have a bad knee or now two, two bad, bad knees. Two bad knees, Lord Almighty. Oh my gosh. But you're still, you're still you. Still me. Oh my gosh. And like the sweetest, amazing kid alive. Thank you're still you. a kid to me. Where would, so can you tell people for people who don't know who you are, or what you're doing, where they can find your music and you yes. and... So again, my name is Mickey Guyton. I am a country singer, also just artist. And you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, which I'm still figuring out, Twitter. <laughs> 
uh, Facebook, all of them. And it's at Mickey Guyton. That's M-I-C-K-E-Y-G-U-Y-T-O-N. So y'all can find me there. You can stream my music on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, everywhere. Basically. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You don't even have to go through all that song and dance. People can just, you can just say, yeah. you know, Google Streaming. me. Google me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm sure people can find it. So. All right, dear, you, this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. I can't wait to uh, talk to you after, uh, well, in the, even like five, even after you finish with the national anthem and in three months, you're going to be even at a different place. And yeah. it's going to be so beautiful to watch you grow from, you know, from a close, not from afar anymore, actually. From a close. From a close. I'm so glad when you, so, I, mean, I mean, when you saw me on the Today Show, I'd been following you. I just didn't want to like. What? Wh- I don't even understand that. That's the craziest thing in the world. I didn't world. know. Like, well, how I would saw I forget you, about you? I did, just it's didn't like this, know. It's the you're craziest this, thing. You're this big time. Oh, yeah. Please. God. <laughs> God, I love this girl. See, look how down to earth and how silly she is. Thank you so much. I love you. I love and you. We'll see you again. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast. Powered by Habitnest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.